This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. We're getting closer to the end of 1 Peter. I'm going to finish up chapter 4 today. One thing we've seen over the course of this book is Peter is writing to a suffering church. Um, he's writing to us in the midst of a hostile world. And uh, today, you know, he, he's, he's actually kind of reviewing and repeating some of the things we've already heard uh, within, within this book. And uh, he tells us not to be surprised when suffering comes. Now, we know Jesus promised suffering would come. Uh, but at the same time, um, sometimes when we've had life pretty good and then things turn south, we turn to get, tend to get a little bit surprised. We tend to think, God, every, why, why did you let this happen to me? Peter here reminds us we're not to be surprised. Suffering is a part of this hostile world that we live in, and we are to embrace suffering as Christians Um, This text says, as we share in the suffering of Jesus. So let's go ahead and read our text beginning in verse 12 of chapter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes uh, comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler, Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. If it begins with us, what then will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Feed us by it. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, help us, uh, Lord, to gain encouragement and strength to face this hostile world that we live in. Father, help us this day to hear your word, to believe it, and to live on it. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Peter begins, beloved. He said that before. He started out a a passage um, within this book with that phrase, beloved. But I don't want to just pass it over as just a, a mere address. He's reminding us as he says that we are 
beloved. Now, Peter may or may not have known these people, but they were brothers and sisters in Christ, and he, was, he, he loved them, and, and we are beloved of God. God loves us. And, and I think uh, that kind of gives us a little bit of a foundation to stand on. How can we st- stand in the midst of this hostile world? How can we face suffering like we suffer? We remembered that God loves us. <laughs> that He is there with us. That He uh, is, is giving us strength and grace to, to face the trials that we face. So I don't want to just skip over that word, beloved. Remember, as you read that word, beloved, know that it's addressed to you. It's addressed to us, beloved. And then he gives us this command or reminder. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. As I said, Jesus told us there would be suffering. Um, you know, He told us that there would come a time whenever the, 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 uh, the world would think that they're doing God a favor for putting us to death. The, the world uh, would, would persecute us and mock us. Jesus said that it, you know, if they persecute us, Remember, they persecuted the prophets before. They, they persecuted Jesus Himself. And in so far, we also share in Christ's suffering, as it says here. And the word that it uses here is a fiery trial. A fiery trial. I think he's talked about this similarly earlier on in the book. In uh, chapter 1. I think it was about verse 6 or so. Yeah, in this you rejoice, though for now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though tested by fire, may be found to rejoice in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He returns to that theme, this fiery trial. We face all kinds of suffering in this life. Sometimes it's physical disease like uh, cancer, like coronavirus, like all kinds of things that you can imagine. Whatever it is you're facing physically, That's part of the suffering that we have in this hostile world. The the creation groans for redemption, right? And even even our bodies tell us we're living in a broken world that's not the way it's supposed to be. But then also, the persecution of the world. They point to us and say, oh, they're just hateful bigots because we believe God's Word. Or whatever it is that you're facing... Peter here tells us that this is a trial. This is a fiery trial. And it's meant to refine us, like chapter 1 said, to make us like gold. It burns out the impurities. It refines us and tests us in that way so that, that we come out shining like gold on the other side. God allows the suffering that happens to us He allows that so that we will be purified, we will be tried, we will be tested, and we will be refined into the image of Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid of this. uh, Don't be surprised at this fiery trial when it comes upon us. 
It's not something strange. Jesus promised it would happen. But rejoice. Again, that's the same thing He said in chapter 1. Rejoice! Now that's not so easy, is it? None of us, that doesn't come natural to rejoice in suffering. That doesn't come natural. Uh, you know, what comes natural is to complain in suffering. <laughs> to say, oh, woe is me in suffering. But here, Peter tells us rejoice. He says, insofar as you share Christ's suffering. When we suffer righteously, Peter says, when we suffer as a Christian, when we suffer having done nothing wrong, whether that be physical or whether that be um, facing persecution and opposition because of the gospel's sake, when we suffer in those cases, we are suffering and we are sharing in the suffering of Christ. That's a motivation for us to have joy. The, the disciples, whenever they were persecuted, when the early church was persecuted, they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer for the sake of His name. And when we suffer, we have the same motivation here. We're sharing in the suffering of Christ. We may rejoice and be glad. Now, we don't have our best life now. We have our best life later. Now is a life that is full of suffering and trials and tribulations. Our best life is when He comes again, when we receive that unfading crown of glory. Verse 14, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. That sounds like it's coming right out of the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't it? Jesus said, blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Here, Peter draws on the same things that Jesus said. He says, blessed, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. When people insult us because we hold to Christian teaching, the, the, the teaching of the apostles about things like sexual morality or anything else that we run into opposition with the world's teaching, um, we can consider ourselves blessed for that. It reminds us that we really are believers. Here it says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. It's an evidence when we are willing to face that suffering. It's an evidence that our faith is real, that God's glory does really rest upon us. Amen. That God's spirit is with us. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be willing to, to face that kind of suffering. We'd cave whenever that kind of thing comes. But the fact that God's Spirit is on us, is a, it, it, it gives an evidence by our willingness to experience this suffering for His sake. Verse 15, But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer as a meddler. He reminds us that there are sufferings that we just get what we deserve. No. <laughs> 
We're not just to suffer just anything and think we're suffering for Christ. No, if we sin and we face consequences for it, whether it be murder or whether it be stealing, if we suffer for those things, we're getting what we deserve. (laughs) And notice here it also says, as a meddler. (laughs) You know, we we think murder, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we think uh, thief, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we think meddler, and like, ooh. (laughs) It's touching kind of close to home, isn't it, sometimes? Both in the big things and the little things, when we suffer for our own the own, our own consequences of our own sin, that's not the kind of suffering that we're sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Instead, no, Paul, Peter here says, if anyone suffers as a Christian, suffering for the sake of his name, suffering persecution, suffering hostility because of his name, let him not be ashamed. The world would want to shame us for what we believe, for what we teach. The world would want to shame us, but here Peter tells us, don't be ashamed. Instead, let us glorify God. Give Him the glory. Glorify that name. Verse 17. For it is time for judgment to begin in the household of God. That seems kind of strange, doesn't it? I thought we were not going to be judged. We're saved. We're justified. What, what is this judgment of the household of God talking about? Well, I think it's connected to the kind of fiery trials that we have. Uh, Jesus, um, not Jesus, uh, the, the book of um, Hebrews tells us that when God disciplines his children, he does so as a loving father. We will sometimes face discipline and correction from our loving Father. And that judgment that comes from the household of God comes for the household of God first. It comes upon us in the form of trials that refine us and that make us more into the image of Christ. But oh, if it begins with us in that way, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel? When suffering comes on them, when suffering comes on the unbeliever, it's not just, it's not uh, with that purpose of refining and shaping and bringing glory to God. No, it's terrifying. What will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel? There's a warning there. And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? I think this ought to be a warning for those who have not yet trusted in the gospel. Their suffering is only the tip of the iceberg of what what they'll face if they don't turn to Christ. And it's also a motivation for us for evangelism. We were once like them. We once were in darkness and He brought us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Once we were not a people, but now we're the people of God. Once 
We were lost once we were blind, but now we see we're found. And we share that message. We share that Jesus forgives. That Jesus can change a person. And we plead with sinners that they'll come to know Jesus so that they can be rescued from the wrath of God that is to come. Last verse here, verse 19. Therefore, let all who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a a faithful Creator while doing good. The first thing I see here is it says... (coughs) Those who suffer according to God's will. Now the prosperity preachers will say, it's never God's will for you to suffer. What do they do with this verse? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will. Our suffering, the things that we face, They didn't catch God by surprise. They're part of His plan in making us more like His Son and refining us. Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. We may suffer persecution, hostility. We may suffer... Financially, we may suffer family difficulties. We may suffer physically. But in the midst of it all, we can entrust our soul to a faithful Creator. He made us. We belong to Him. He cares for us. And even when they lay us in the ground, He will raise us up. Whatever face, uh, struggle, suffering that we face this week, this month, this year, let us trust that God is doing good. That He knows what He's doing. And that He will one day vindicate us. Mm-hmm.